Good morning and welcome to Live with Chris, an interview podcast where we can learn and grow together. I am your host, Chris Oviedo, and I want to thank you for staying with me today. The United States has one of the safest water supplies in the world, and over 90% of us get our tap water from community water systems that are subject to safe drinking water standards. And to look at the water quality right here in our local community, I have the pleasure to speak with our Green Dragon, HEC's Environmental Health and Safety Supervisor, Bob Marietta. Bob, welcome back to our show. Thank you for joining always me this morning. Here. Thank you. Oh, thank you for always being so open, so willing to just have conversations with me to bring this information to our community. Um, you know, today's topic is something that maybe maybe we don't think too much about it because uh, we know that there's an abundance of water in the world. I mean, about 71% of our planet Earth is made out of water. So why do we have to think about water quality, right? What are we even talking about when we think, when we say the word or the phrase water quality and, and why does it matter? So if you want to just kind of like start, let's start the conversation right there, right? Like okay. setting the ground on what qu water quality is and why it matters to us. Thank you again for joining me. Okay. Oh, my pleasure. And, and not only is the earth mostly water, our bodies are mostly water. And, uh, So, so often you hear people say, well, it's just water. And uh, it's, of course, it's, it's not just water. There's an awful lot uh, that goes into water and providing uh, drinking water for people to, uh, to drink. And particularly with the Western parts of the United States right now, starting to suffer uh, water shortages. We don't have any shortage in this area, uh, but they certainly do in parts of California and New Mexico. And so people are becoming more aware of, of what it takes to uh, provide our drinking water. Uh, water is broken up into a number of different categories. And the first things I'd like you to think about are the source and the use. So water, our drinking water, comes from two different sources. So one is from aquifers, uh, water that's down under the ground that we bring out or we drill wells down. Okay, so we can pull it up and surface water. And most of us in Howard County drink surface water. And this is water, of course, that flows into big reservoirs. And the water starts out as rainwater. Uh, then if there's a lot of it, it becomes storm water. And then it flows into streams, which then flow into the reservoirs. So there's a lot of chance Uh, for other things to come into contact uh, with the water. You might think, well, I, I want to drink well water then or aquifer water. But that water has been underground, surrounded by rocks and minerals okay, for a long, long time. So it's absorbed a lot of other um, particles just from where it's been living. And of course, the stuff we put on the top of the ground seeps down into that aquifer. And so you can also pick up other things uh, in the water that you might not want. So it's important even if you're drinking aquifer water that you get it tested and make sure that it's safe. The surface water that we use um, for most of our municipal supplies is tested routinely and uh, the exhaustive testing uh, to make sure that it's safe uh, for people to drink. And they have limits set by the EPA 
there are things like parts per million or parts per billion. So they, they're allowed to have tiny little bits, trace amounts of certain materials, but not enough uh, to cause any harm uh, to human beings. Um, Bob, the surface let me, water. Let me ask you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I got an long story so, to come into next. <laughs> so, you, I mean, we're, we're talking about the quality and the use of the water because, you know, maybe maybe what we think when we think of water quality is like, is it good or is it bad? Like maybe we're just trying to categorize it as um, is there such thing as a bad water, right? Especially when we have this abundance. You talked about shortage. And again, going back to this idea of how much water there is, it seems unthinkable that we would be talking about shortage of water. So, you know, help us help us understand this and dive a little bit more into this idea of, you know, the, the water quality. Uh, you talked about maybe, you know, maybe the water that's there, it's being... I don't, I don't want to use the word contaminated, but it's been exposed to other things that are not necessarily something that we want to digest, that we want to put into our bodies. So um, help us understand, right? Because again, 71% of earth is made out of water. So how, if we have so much water out there, how is it possible that we are now talking about shortages? Uh, it's climate change. Okay, in short, is what's happening to them out in the western part of the country, where the uh, snowpack, uh, where they got most of their water, uh, came down as snow in the winter, and they would melt slowly throughout the year. And there's been a lot less uh, snow falling out there and a lot more rain, uh, which causes the uh, snow to melt even faster. So they have less water uh, throughout the year being stored up in their snowpack. Okay. But water goes to a number of different places after it starts as surface water or aquifer water uh, and it, we use it and so we need to divide the water into what we use it for so agricultural water water that's used to to water plants or feed livestock has much different quality requirements than water that we want to drink or use for medical purposes and um, medical purpose water is generally what is called distilled, which means we boil it and turn it into a gas and then collect it. So it has no impurities or minerals or anything else in it at all, but it tastes like bleh. No, nobody would want to drink it. it. It tastes so flat, it's very unappetizing. Uh, but for medicine and cleaning medical equipment, it's a requirement because we don't want the things that might add taste to the water to get into those uh, situations and maybe contaminate that equipment. Um, most of our stormwater, of course, in, in Maryland, uh, flows down into the Chesapeake Bay and takes all sorts of other things along with it. Um, the biggest impact being that of sediment, you know, dirt and sand and soil that travels down, and also uh, algae and nutrients, uh, most particularly nitrogen and phosphorus. And these cause the algae in the Chesapeake Bay uh, to what is called bloom or grow very rapidly. And we recently lost a, uh, a great senator who cared a lot about the, uh, the bay and the environment, uh, Senator Bernie Fowler. And he started doing a test where every spring he would walk out into the Patuxent River down by the bay 
And if he could see his shoes uh, through the water when he got up to his knees, he knew it was a good year for the bay because the water was clear enough that the, uh, there wasn't a lot of sediment and nutrition, other stuff uh, flowing into the water. And uh, some uh, citizen scientists, a high school teacher in particular, saw him do this and developed a test where they took not tennis shoes, uh, but they took a white disc and put markings on it. And to this day, it's the standard around the world. Scientists lower that disc into the water. And depending on what markings you can see, that's the measurement of how cloudy the water is. And they call it turbidity. And um, so he, he's got his place in history uh, with his tennis shoes. Okay. Um, <laughs> for that. Now, water that we're using on a farm, okay, for putting on plants, is allowed to have a lot more nutrients and things in it, nitrogen and phosphorus, because those are things that the plants need. But they wouldn't help us, human beings, and they don't help in the bay because they promote that algal growth. Okay? Uh, one little factor people don't often consider is rainwater falling on your roof. And we'll talk about rain barrels in a little bit, but people collect that water and then put it on their vegetables. And it's fine on most vegetables, root crops and stuff, but if you put it on the leaves, uh, say on lettuce, the asbestos from the roof shingles are in the rainwater and adhere to the leafy vegetables. So if you're doing, if you're gonna water your garden, you want to water the ground, not the leaves. Wow. So it's, uh, there, there's, there's more to think about when we think about, about water. You know? It's so important to know, and it's so important to really think and consider <clears throat> all of these things, Bob, you know, like, you know, like we, we go to the beach, we go to the, to the rivers, we go to the different lakes and we see the changes, but you never think more about it. You never think more about, what's the impact of the things that we're doing that's maybe creating these changes that we're seeing, you know, something so simple as going and putting a white disc or, you know, your tennis shoes under the water to check on the water of the quality of the water, you know, in our surroundings and, and maybe become more aware of what we're doing, how that's impacting and changing our surroundings and how that's going to come back, right? Like uh, how that's mm -hmm. going to affect yeah. us in, in the long run. Um, we could talk about that just, you know, for a full hour here. We only have um, 30 minutes for this conversation. Yeah. But uh, you, you touched on something. And I think that this is, you know, something that we're more concerned about is like, okay, well, I hear you, Bob, and I hear that we need to worry about water quality and we need to know whether we're going to use it for drinking or for other purposes. Um, but I have a water filter at home, right? And I'm good. And, and the, the, the uh, refrigerator that I recently got, it has the, the, the water supply system and has the highest tech filters and it's guaranteed to give me the best and cleanest water ever. So I don't have to worry about it because it doesn't matter what it's connected right. to, or where the water is coming from. I got my filter at home and I'm good. Is that, is that fair? Is that something that people can feel good about and just, not worry about the rest that's happening out there or help us understand water filters well, and, and, you know, their, their use. Yeah. Uh, they, they are generally a good thing, uh, but you do need to keep up with replacing the filter uh, because a large part of what the filter does is take out particulate matter. And so it'll eventually it will clog up. Uh, the other thing that those filters do 
is have a charcoal uh, stage in them that removes a lot of chemicals. And in particular, it removes chlorine and fluoride. And you may not want to remove the fluoride uh, from, from your water supply if you have young children. And once you have your adult teeth, you're not building new teeth anymore. You don't need the fluoride. Uh, but young children do need the fluoride, either in the form of the water. And a lot of cities add fluoride uh, to the water. It's a naturally occurring element. Uh, it's a mineral that it's in a lot of water supplies already. They don't have to add any. Uh, but there might be some health concerns uh, later on in life where you don't need the fluoride uh, to build your teeth. And so people feel, feel better about removing it. You can also do all sorts of other things, uh, you know, rinses and other fluoride toothpaste. There are other ways to get children the fluoride, so you don't have to have it in your water. So the water filters are by and large a good thing. And um, there, there are a number of different kinds. Some of them remove different things. Um, one thing that the typical water fountain or water filter does not do is remove salt. And so people who have uh, conditions where they should not be ingesting salt. And we have this problem in a lot of um, Howard County right now where we've put down a lot of road salt and people who have wells, uh, the water is getting into, uh, the salt is getting into their water supply. And if they have health conditions where they shouldn't have salt, this could be a problem. And so the uh, county you know, installs okay, much more expensive filters in those people's houses to remove the salt from their water supply. Hmm. So it is a good idea to have a water filter, but it's also important to continue to watch and look and see what we are doing and how it's impacting the streams and how it's impacting the sources of water where that water, that tap water is coming from. So mm -hmm. it's not, it's not the easy way out. It's, it's not no. a, I'm, I got my filter. I'm good. I don't have to worry about what's happening out there is I have this extra protection, but I still need to make sure that the water sources it, it, out there, the natural right. sources are well taken yeah. care of. Um, right. Now, if, you, earlier, if you're using the water, for, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. If you're using the water for cooking, okay, and then you're boiling the water, uh, that takes care of the chlorine and fluoride, okay, by itself. So you may not need to use that filtered water uh, as much as you, you know, you don't have to filter everything. And a lot of people like the filtered pitchers so that only the drinking water that they're going to use uh, get, gets filtered. And um, along with this, we get into hard and soft water and the pH of water. And so we'll t touch on more than, on those in a little bit. <laughs> um, Bob, something, something that you said earlier caught my attention. You said, you know, having a little bit of something in the water, it's okay, right? And... Um, maybe people don't know this, but all drinking water, including bottled drinking water, it's reasonably expected to contain at least small amounts of some contaminants. And, you know, I find this really interesting because we hear it's pure water, right? It's like we have this idea that it's, there's nothing in it, that there's just, it's, it's just water. There's nothing in it. And, and you talked about earlier about, you know, there may be something in your water, but it's not in, in, in great percentages that it would cause you any harm. 
Um, talk to us a little bit more about this fact, because I found it fascinating. Um, it's kind of like a, a veil was lifted off my eyes where I've been buying this water thinking that is 100% pure, clean, that there's nothing in it. And research actually showed me that that's not so much the truth, that there right. is, there may be, there, th there is an expectation actually to find something in it. Mm -hmm. it they're guaranteed there is something in it, uh, unless it's distilled mm. water. Which which no one wants to drink because it doesn't doesn't <laughs> taste good. Uh, it's it's those contaminants or the that add the flavor to the water, and so there are lots of lots of minerals and things that are actually good for you. Things like zinc and iron, okay, calcium, uh, bicarbonate, okay, and and even sodium, okay. Uh, the salt is good in small amounts, and those are the things that give water the flavor. There's another contaminant that we get in bottled water, okay, alone, and that's the plastic. Microplastics leach from the uh, plastic bottle itself into the water. And the thinner the bottle, uh, the more it seems to leach and the more chemicals are required to make that plastic bottle. And of course, it means they can make a lighter bottle and make it cheaper. So the bottling people make more money, okay, off of it. Uh, compared to the sturdiness of what you might have as a water bottle. Okay, it's good, sturdy, solid plastic. It's not going to leach, okay, much of the plastic into the water uh, compared to the, what the bottled water, thinner bottles are going to do. And then you got the problem of all the uh, uh, trash because that plastic, very little of the plastic bottles do get recycled. And most of them go into the landfill or just thrown out into the environment. And all of those are adding to the uh, what we call microplastic pollution uh, that is contaminating all of us. And we all know now that we have microplastic in our bloodstreams. Uh, we can't have avoided it because it's so much in our environment. And we don't really know what that's doing to us yet. Uh, we'll be learning more about that in the future. But the contamination in the water is very tightly controlled in, in uh, municipal water supplies. That's where they get the parts per million and the parts per billion. But there's much less control of water uh, that's put into bottles. And those bottles are required, the bottling process is required to be sanitary, okay? Meaning that you don't have nutrients and, uh, you know, other, other contamination, okay, inside there. But they're not as controlled or tested as, as uh, rigorously as the um, municipal water is. And most bottled water is just tap water, but they don't leave it alone. They filter out uh, all those things that you they think you might not want, such as chlorine and, and the fluoride and, and a few other things are removed before they put it in the bottles, but it starts out as just tap water. And municipalities add chlorine to water uh, to disinfect it and keep it clean while it's traveling through the pipes and uh, through the pipes in your house until it comes out at your faucet. And that's where you would want to filter it at the last possible minute. If you remove the chlorine earlier, say as an example, you've got some bottled water and you left the lid off, okay, it could become contaminated fairly quickly um, because there's no chlorine in it. And it's very dangerous, they say, to use, reuse uh, disposable bottles. You know, some people like to fill them up again and again and think they're being uh, 
they're saving on the on the plastic. Uh, but the chemicals that the bottled water people have added, usually it's a little bit of sodium, um, do have an impact and more of the plastic is apparently leached uh, into the water when you reuse that uh, bottle that was only intended to be used one time. Wow. It's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's it's fascinating. So we're we're paying for tap water <laughs> in a bottle. So we're really paying for the bottle. Bottle is bad for the environment. We're getting plastic from it, right? Like residues of that. Uh, we don't know what the um, results or the effects on that are going to be. So I think the morale of the story here is let's get reusable <laughs> water containers, water carry bottle. them with yeah. us. And, and, and use tap water. Yeah, we, we pay for that convenience. I, I looked it up this morning and they say that we pay for bottled water, you pay 2000 times what tap water costs. And since, wow. since you're buying tap water anyway, okay, you're really losing out just for that little bit of convenience uh, to be able to throw the bottle away when you're done with it. And, you know, if you're here at HEC, I mean, you have great water fountains out here, you know, that are good for your yeah. bottle. They fit your bottle. They're sensor um, driven. So and and I've seen more and more and more of those out there. So because I know that especially when we go out with our family, sometimes is that question, well, where am I going to be able to find a place that has, you know, a place to refill my my water um, bottle or should I just buy something there? So, you know, it's it's not perfect, but we're getting there. But as consumers, um, and we've talked about this, Bob, as consumers, if we start changing our habits and <clears throat> we we start requesting through, right, not purchasing the water bottles, but saying, you know what, I don't want to purchase the water bottles, the disposable ones. I w I'd rather you guys invest in good filters everywhere and, and good water stations everywhere. Um, it's going to take some time. We have to be willing to be a little uncomfortable for a little bit, but we can, we can make it happen. We can bring that change um, in our communities and, and, and make it better for ourselves and for our planet, quite right. honestly. The, the compostable so movement is coming a long, long way. So that if you put out a pitcher of water, you give people compostable cups so that you don't put plastic into the landfill, you put it into the compost facility. So it goes back into the earth that way. So there's many options. There's many ways that we can do this. Um, and as consumers, we we can we can really uh, drive the market into better, in, into just a better market for our planet and for everybody. Really, we earlier we bear, we mentioned the barrel um, program here, the rain barrel program here at Howard County, and um, I. But you also said you know you have that rainwater and you have to know how to use it properly. Talk to us about this program um, and about rainwater in general, Bob, please. Okay. Well, we fortunately, we got past the days of acid rain. And by controlling the, uh, you know, the, the fuel uh, that we were allowing people to burn in their vehicles and stuff, we pretty much ended the days of acid rain, which was wiping out so much of our forests uh, throughout the area. Um, so the rainwater falls and we, we don't think much about it, but every little raindrop that hits the earth uh, is a tiny explosion and it hits the earth. And if it hits dirt, it's going to pick some of that dirt up and carry it. And of course, where it's going to go is going to carry it down to the Chesapeake Bay. 
So what we want to try and do is slow down that rain. And so that we catching it in the rain barrels is one, one way to do it. And the Howard County has a program where you take a small, a short training course online and they will give you a rain barrel that you hook up to your, uh, your downspouts and this slows down the water. And some people collect it and you put it into watering cans to put on their gardens. Other people connect it directly to hoses. So it goes to places in their yard that they uh, want, want to have be kept, kept wetter. Either way, slows down that flow of water uh, that's heading towards the, uh, toward the Chesapeake Bay. Because all of the storm gutters and storm drains and everything in Howard County and throughout Maryland, that water flows into the drains and then it flows into the streams. And of course, the streams then flow uh, down to the Chesapeake Bay. And we have what we call a separate uh, two-part sewer system. So our sewage does not connect uh, to our stormwater system. Uh, other places, uh, parts of Baltimore and down in DC are not so lucky. And so they have to work about separating them back out. So it how um, do you know the website or how people can um, you know register to do this training, receive the rain barrel, yeah. and where maybe they can the, find more information? Yeah, the county website is called Live Green Howard County, and uh, lots of information there on all sorts of sustainable topics. And they'll announce on there when the new workshops are going to be coming out uh, for the next round of rain barrels. And they gave out, I think, uh, oh. 50 or so rain barrels to people who had taken the course at the, uh, at the green fest. Okay. Recently, they also gave out compost beds. And uh, so the County very much believes in this process and is work, working hard to get the information and the materials out to everyone. So there are many ways uh, in which, you know, we can be more sustainable, Bob, I always like to ask you, what can we do, right? We, we are just about at the end of our show today. Uh, water quality, as we are learning, is really important, something that we need to be mindful and aware of. So our actions at home, what can we do at home um, to help with water quality? Okay. Um, just remember that every little bit helps. And don't think that just because you can't do it perfectly, Okay. It's not worth trying to do it better. And so often we let that deter us. Well, I can't do it exactly right. So I'm not going to do anything. And convenience is always a good warning flag for you to look and say, well, what, what is this doing? It'd be it's so much easier if I just threw this away, should be a flag to you to say, well, what's it doing when I throw it away and keep in mind that there is no away anymore because, uh, everybody's away is somebody else's place. So you keep, there is no away. Bob, where can we connect with you? Where can we connect with more sustainable, um, not just here in Howard County, but in general, we want to just continue to deepen our understanding and become more mindful and start taking those small steps. You know, we're not looking for perfection, but we are looking to get started and do something today. Yeah, well, I, an eye-opening one is the Howard County Water Report uh, that you'll find on Live Green. And it will tell you all the little, you know, the micro millionths of a parts of whatever contaminants and things are in the water. And the good news is that Howard County has some of the best water in the country. We are, we are always winning awards uh, for how good our water tastes. And uh, 
ultimately that's that's what it water's good for us and so if we need it to taste good so that we drink more of it so libgreenhoward.com i think was the website that you gave us bob um that's County. the place where you can yeah thank you yeah, libgreenhoward.com yeah. That's a good place for you to get started. That's a good place for you to go and research about the water quality here in Howard County. Bob just gave us some really great news. You can feel good when you open, you know, that water and you let that tap go and, and you drink some of that water. Um, but at the same time, you know, remind, just be, be mindful that what we're using there and, and, and it, that it takes a lot. It takes a lot for us to get that clean water, that safe water, that good drinking water, and that you can do something um, just by taking small steps, not having um, as much things out there, you know, just, just reusing. I love that concept of if it's too convenient, maybe, maybe it's not so good for our environment. So maybe start challenging those ideas and questioning those things and how it's affecting what we are doing, every action that we're taking. How is it going back into our planet? Um, put your feet in the water. Next time you go, you know, for a walk, put your feet in the water. Are you able to see your feet? Uh, or is something clouding it? And, and, you know, maybe get curious about it, right, Bob? Where is that coming from? What am I doing? What are we doing as a community that's clouding the waters? And how can we make it so that I can go next time, put my feet in the water and actually be able to see my toes? Anything else, any message that you would like to leave everybody out with today? Uh, just, just everybody try and do a little bit. Every little bit helps. Every little bit helps and we can take care of our planet and ensure that we have a home for many, many, many more years and many more generations to come. Bob, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much um, for all this great information and for sharing the space and the time with me this morning. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. It's always a pleasure. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for watching. I hope you find information as good as I did and as, you know, eye-opening as I did as well, and that you will share it with others, that you will share this show, share this program, share the website, you know, just share the information. What we want is we want to create conscious and we want to protect our planet so that we have a place to live in for many generations to come. Have a wonderful Tuesday. And until next time, I am Cris Oviedo. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Radio.